it's my prayer that God speaks to you today, that God connects with you today. And, um, and I believe that this message is something that's going to be great for all of us as well. And we are in a series called The Gospel of Mark. And the Gospel of Mark was written by John Mark. And it was actually the words of Peter, the, uh, the Apostle Peter. And, um, and so John Mark uses those words in that account of, of Christ uh, of that and, and records that with, uh, with Mark. And so if you have your copy of God's Word, either printed copy or digital copy, uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 1. And we're actually going to finish chapter 1 today. So this series here, the Gospel of Mark, is a, I call it a slow country drive that we're going to take just a few verses at a time. We're going to do verse by verse, and we're just going to figure out, okay, what does the Lord have for us um, in in this book? We've already introduced John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness. We talked about the wilderness. Sometimes we will be in the wilderness, and in that time, God will speak to us in that time of wilderness. And we also talked about when Jesus... uh, picked his disciples, his first disciples, who talked about the authority of Jesus, how he can drive out demons, and he has authority in your life as well as we allow him to do that. And more importantly, if you have accepted Christ as Savior, the Bible says you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, now lives in us. And so it lives in you, and you too can have that authority, the authority, not of your own authority, but the authority of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your life. And then last week we talked about uh, how Jesus began his ministry. He started his ministry, um, and according to, to, to Peter or, or Mark, and um, in, the, in the temple there uh, in, in a um, synagogue, and he was able to heal someone there, and it just kind of blew up from there. And we find that the, the uh, gospel message of Jesus is a powerful gospel. It is a personal gospel. It is a gospel that we can use. And that it is also a public gospel. It's a gospel that we can share with others. And we should be able to do that. Uh, this morning, I'm going to share with you a story that appears in three of the gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And those three gospels are, um, are often called the synoptic gospels. In other words, they're, they're, they're written. There's lots of stories uh, that you find in all three of those gospels. John. John is a gospel where he kind of focuses on some other timelines in, um, in Jesus, especially in the early part of his, um, of his ministry. And so, uh, but we find this story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but obviously we're going to read it in Mark. So Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 45 is where we're going to be. And it says this, a man with leprosy came to him, to Jesus, and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, uh, meaning compassion. He filled with compassion. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, there's that word immediately. We find it a lot in, in, in this gospel. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourselves to the priests and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk talk freely, spreading the good news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. 
The title of today's message is simply called Jesus is Willing. Jesus is Willing. Maybe you have find your, you found yourself today in a circumstance in your life to where you find yourself in sort of a desolate place, in need of a touch from Jesus. Maybe there's some healing that needs to take place. Maybe physical healing that needs to take place. Maybe emotional healing that needs to take place. Relationship healing. So Jesus is willing to meet us right where we are, even in our desolate places. So what is this process that we see from the leper that we can apply it to our life. Because what I'd like to try to answer, and I, I try to do this as much as I can, I like to answer the question, what does this have to do with me? What does this passage have to do with me? Like, you could be asking yourself that question. Well, my goal is, I hope, answer that question, because guess what? I have the same question. When I read a passage, I want to say, okay, Lord, what do you want to tell me, what do you want to show me, and how can I apply it to my life? What does this have to do with me? First of all, we see in this passage, um, it begins with a man coming to Jesus, a leper coming to Jesus. Everything that God wants to do in our life begins with us coming to Jesus. That is the very first thing. We have to come to Jesus to receive from Jesus. Right? That makes sense. We've got to come to Jesus to receive from Jesus. And it's more than just hearing about Jesus. I mean, if this leper, this man who had, who had um, just this disease, a skin disease, if he just heard about Jesus but never came to Jesus, then he never would have been cleansed. He never would have been healed. He had to come to Jesus. And we're going to see here in just a moment why that was so difficult for him. And why it's so difficult for us as well. But the first thing we need to realize is that we need to come to Jesus in order to be healed by Jesus. We've got to come to Jesus in order to be saved by Jesus. Jesus is not going to go knocking down the door of your heart. Okay? Now, he's going to knock on the door of your heart, but he's not going to knock it down. He's not going to invade your space and, and, and make you choose him. Okay? It's something that we've got to come to him in order to be saved. So if you want to be healed, if you want to be saved, and if you, you want to be encouraged by Jesus, we need to come to Jesus. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, Pastor Frank, based on what I've done in the past, gosh, based on what I've done this week, I'm not sure if I can come to Jesus. I'm not sure if I can come to Jesus. But the leper came. Now, just to kind of fill you in a little bit on some historical biblical context, lepers were most, the most unclean people. Um, they had boils on their, on their skin. And because they were the most unclean people, they were the most unspiritual people. Why? Because they couldn't even worship in the synagogue. They couldn't be around people. They had to be outside in desolate places in loneliness, isolation. But the lepers, and they're, they're all over the New Testament, have sores all over their body. They, they have uh, shriveling, shriveling limbs, hands and, and feet. They, they experience numbness to the point that fingers and toes fall off. 
It can cause organ failure and nerve damage. But worse than the physical pain of, a, of, of leprosy is the relational pain or the emotional pain of separation and rejection of people. That was worse than anything they experienced physically. They were an outcast. You know, I can't help but think that this leper, this man with leprosy thought, you know, I, I can't come to Jesus. I'm unclean. What, what am I thinking? I can't come to him. I'm not supposed to be around people who are clean. How can I do this? What am I thinking? Well, every step of the way, this man probably had this in his thought. I can't help but think of us. Even people throughout the world. Maybe, maybe there's some people here, maybe watching online, or maybe there's people who, obviously there's a lot of people who aren't in this church today or in any church today where they have what is called spiritual leprosy. They have spiritual leprosy. They say to themselves, I'm unclean. Just look at me. I'm unclean. How can I ever come to Jesus? How could I come to Jesus? Would he even accept me? I'm unclean. I can't be around church people. I can't be around. I've got to get myself right before I can come to church. That is a lie from Satan. Because guess what? He doesn't want you to be a part of a family. He wants you in desolate places, isolated. Now, you might be isolated with your family, yes? But as a family or individually, he wants you to be in desolate places. And he is telling you, look, you're not good enough to be a part of that family. First of all, none of us are good enough. But we've got to come to him just as a leper. Just as we are unclean. Jesus wants us to come to him. We even see this in John chapter 3, 37. You don't need to turn there, but it, it just simply says, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Even people with leprosy and spiritual leprosy. I'm never going to drive you away. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's on your spiritual heart and your life. It doesn't matter what's on your record. I can wipe that record clean just like I cleaned the man with leprosy. We also see this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. You're, you're carrying a heavy load. Maybe there's a heavy load of sorrow or a heavy load of shame or a heavy load of disappointments in others and yourself. And Jesus is saying, come to me just like this leper. So first of all, we see we got to come to Jesus. Leper, he, the man with leprosy shows us that. The next thing we see is that we are touched 
by Jesus. Touched by Jesus. Have you ever had a moment where you kind of had a, a time standstill kind of moment? Where it's like, it's like everything just kind of kind of stops, you know? And usually that sort of happens when your mind is racing and you're kind of in a stressful situation and you're, and you're kind of figuring out, okay, what, what's going to happen next? I remember a few years ago, uh, my wife and I were driving up to um, uh, some mountainous regions in, in South Carolina uh, going to uh, visit a camp place, a, a retreat center uh, that uh, our family stayed for my daughter's wedding. And uh, and it was the last place I saw my mom alive, so we just wanted to go visit. And, um, and I remember it very clearly. We were driving in the car, and there was a car that was coming down around the side of the mountain and probably going over 80 miles an hour and was out of control. And I just remember thinking, this is it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of reaction time because it happened so fast came around a curve and and Suzanne's sitting next to me and I'm thinking this is this is it we're gonna die and I remember time stands still you kind of see that how they show that in the movies where you you, you kind of see things happening in slow motion but but it's kind of real time in your in your mind that's what was happening and by the grace of God 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 just got us out of that. You know, I was able to turn the wheel, which they say you don't, shouldn't turn the opposite way, but I, I did because I knew he was going up the side of the mountain, which he did. And I punched the gas, which is weird. You, don't, I, you would think I would break, but it's like God just took control. And, and we came around that, and we just both were like, what just happened? It's like we, we got our life back. But in that moment, time stands still when we feel like, oh, God, please help us. Please help us. We need your assistance. We need your help. We need your guidance. And in this case, this man was saying, I need your healing. I can imagine. He's already thinking, I can't go to anyone. I'm unclean. And he goes to Jesus, and he bows down. He gets on his knees, and he bows his head, and he says, if you are willing, you can heal me if you are willing. And Jesus looked at him. The Bible says he had compassion on him. But in that moment, I'm sure time stood still for this man. He's like, okay, what's going to happen next? What is going to happen next? What, what is Jesus going to do? Jesus, remarkably, the first thing he did, he touched him. He touched him. Now, you're not supposed to touch a leper. You're not supposed to touch a person with leprosy. Because it's highly contagious. And I would imagine that the disciples are of a few feet back, right? They're like, oh, hold on a second. You, you can't come close to us. And I would imagine they're probably, they're probably saying that. Hey, yo, hold on. You, you, you got to stop right there. And he bows down to Jesus. They probably take several steps back. Jesus stands right there his ground. And he had compassion on him. And what does he do? He touches him. Before he says a word. And obviously, before the healing, he touches Jesus. 
in our times of prayer, seeking God and asking, are you willing? Can you be with me, Lord Jesus? Are you willing to help me in this situation? Are you willing to help me with this relationship, in my marriage, with raising these kids? Are you willing to help us, oh God, in my hurt, in my anger, in my loneliness, in, in, in this weight that I bear, are you willing? And we will often be touched by God. God will move in closer. Just to simply say, I'm here, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Now, I'm not here saying that God's going to answer every single prayer we pray. Because it's according to his will. A lot of times he will answer not on our timetable. But I do know this, because the Bible makes this clear. He's going to move into us. When we come to him, we just read scripture about it. He's not going to turn us away. He's going to be right there. He's first of all going to say, look, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And he's going to touch you in your life. He's going to give you He's going to give you some words of encouragement that you read in God's word. That's why it's important that you open this book up. And he's going to give you these words of encouragement. Or he could, he could confirm with you through what other people are saying or how other people are praying that he is there with you. Or he's going to provide just something in your life. Just simply a touch. I'm here. I'm here. Isn't it great? That Jesus, first of all, does that. He touches us even when we feel like we're unclean. Now, it could be something where we need his help. And, and it may not be an unclean situation. But there are times in our life we have just, we keep messing up. And we just say to God, God, I, I am so sorry. I've really, really messed up this time. I've been living life on my own. I've been, I've been putting you off and putting you off. And I, I just need a touch. I need you to be with me. And he will. It doesn't matter what you've done. He is going to draw near to you. Even in your uncleanness. Everything's going to be all right. Now sometimes we think we need to give some sort of outward dedication to motivate, um, to motivate God, to, to sort of, to show God, look, God, if you could touch me, I would do this. And you have all these promises, if you did this, and I would do this, and if you do this, and I would do this, I promise you, you know what, God doesn't, God doesn't need that. He doesn't need our outward motivation. He's drawn by inward compassion for us. If we come to him with a heart in need, just like this leper. Now, I'm going to talk to the men real quick, being one, obviously. Guys, a lot of times, we don't, we don't like to come to, to Jesus. We, don't, we just like to sort of man up a little bit and say, hey, we, we could take care of this. But guys, there, there's good, there needs to be several times in our life we just need to say, Father God, just be near me. Be with me. 
help me in my situation and, and, or, or forgive me in my sin. Please help me to draw near to you. Please help me with my, with my past to get over that. Jesus has compassion. We see this in Romans 5.8, a very familiar verse. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. God's motivation is his love for you. God's motivation is his love for you. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. So we've got to come to Jesus like the man with leprosy. And we're going to be touched by Jesus. He's going to show us that he is near. He's going to provide that if you trust in him. And then last, we see that Jesus is going to take your place. Jesus will take your place. Uh, in, in verse 43 of, that, of our main passage, there's an interesting turn there in the last part of that. Jesus doesn't ask, he doesn't suggest, but he warns the leper, the man with leprosy, he warns him, look, hey, uh, don't, don't, don't tell anybody about this. Okay, can we just, obviously my disciples are here, but, but don't tell anybody about this. Now, you need to go to the priest, as, as the law says, and you need, to, you need to make an offering, you know, to your, to your healing and your cleanse, cleanliness, and you need to do that. But other than that, look, don't, don't be telling people about this. <laughs> but the leper doesn't do any of those two things, as Jesus suggested. He goes off and tells a lot of people. He tells them what Jesus did. I really don't think this caught Jesus by surprise. I really believe when Jesus said, hey, don't tell anybody, he's like, he's gonna tell somebody. Of course he's gonna tell somebody. I don't think this caught Jesus by surprise. I think it was very, I think it was very intentional. I don't think it was like, wow, I didn't know he was going to do that. I probably shouldn't have healed that guy. But Jesus made the decision to heal the leper while knowing what was going to happen next. This passage goes on to say that because of the leper's testimony, get this, Jesus could no longer stay in town but rather had to stay outside the towns because of people coming to him and wanting to be touched by Jesus. When we started the story, if you remember, the leper was the one in desolate place. He was in desolate places because of his condition, outside, away from people. Now Jesus is in a desolate place and is unable to enter the town Himself. Jesus took the leper's place. He took his place. He heals him. Don't tell anybody. Wink, wink. He goes and tells people. And everybody's coming to him. And he is having to go outside. And people still came to him. But he had to go outside of the city. Really because... You know, mobs were forming, crowds were forming, and the Roman government did not like that. 
They wanted control. They wanted to make sure there's peace, you know, and, and there's uh, their authority and no troubles. And a crowd starts forming inside the city. No, they don't like that. So Jesus was forced to go outside of the city. And we see this in verse four, uh, 45. Instead, he went out in the uh, town and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. In lonely places. Jesus is willing to take your place. He is. He's willing to take your place. He's willing to whatever you're going through right now. He's willing to take that upon himself. He's willing to take your burdens, to take your sorrow, to take your shame, to take all of that. And can I tell you something? He did take on all of that on the cross. And he proved it by carrying all the shame. And you may say, well, Pastor Frank, how, how, did, how did Jesus, the cross, how did, how did, how did he uh, take all of my current sin and, and, or maybe even my future sin and my shame, how did he put that on the cross? That was 2,000 years ago. Let me remind you something. With God, God is, God's time is not like our time. It is not linear like ours. It has no past, has no present, has no future. So in God, the cross is still happening. The cross is happening now. The cross is always there. Do you understand that? The cross, the crucifixion, all the sin of the world is still in that moment. Because like that, God can be in that moment. It's not past, it's not present, it's not future. And that's why your sins and your future shame and your future sins can come and be on that cross. Because it's happening right now with God. And so, Jesus, right now, if you could just look through the eyes of God, right now, Jesus is taking on your sin and your shame right now on the cross. Right now, Roman soldiers are driving nails in his hands and his feet. Right now, they're raising the cross and setting it with a big jerk into the hole that they had dug. Right now, Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. Right now. And so right now, he's telling you, I want to take, I want to trade your place. Whatever situation you're in, I want to take that. I'm going to take it right now on the cross. But guess what? We got we to gotta come to Jesus. 
We've got to come to Jesus just like the leper. And when we do, Jesus is going to show us that he's near. He's going to, quote, touch us. He's going to do that first. And then in his timing, in his, in his own certain way, in, in, his, in his way of, of, of seeing everything, he's going to meet our needs according to his riches and glory. And so, as he touches us and he provides that comfort, that healing, whatever it is, he's taking our place. And so, it's important. When, when you are living this life and you're, you feel like you're in a desolate place, I'm going to ask you, will you come to him? Will you let him touch you? Will you let him be near you? And will you allow him to do a great work in your life? And more importantly, take your place whenever you're going through. But you got to give it to him. you got to give it to him. Would you pray? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've given to us. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross that is happening right now. Right now, you are dying for our sins. I pray, Father, if there's anyone in here, Lord, that, that needs to come to you, that they do that. So here's my, here's my plea to you as a pastor and as a shepherd. If there's anyone here that just needs to come to him, maybe you're, you've got sorrow, you've got shame, you've, you've, you've got disappointment, you've got all that. I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise your hand or, or look at me. This is between you and God. Just simply tell him right there, just say, I come to you, God. I come to you, God. Please heal me. Please forgive me. Please be near me. I need you, God. And then simply say, take my burden. Take my burden. If you've never... Invited them to be Lord of your life. You could do that now. You could simply say, I've got the burden of sin. Please come into my life and make it clean like the leper. I give my life to you. I'm ready to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, um, so I want to encourage you next week, Start reading the first, uh, I would read chapter two of Mark, okay? So read chapter, and we're not going to go all the way through chapter two, of course, but just start that process of reading chapter two of uh, Mark so that way you get ahead a little bit. And um, just we encourage you uh, to um, just come to him every day and know that he will be there, uh, be there for you. Um, we do have to uh, break down uh, today, and, uh, but summer's coming. You know, like, uh, like Sunday's on the way. Uh, summer's coming to where there'll be a several a weeks where we have to do that. Uh, but more importantly, here's what we need you to do over the next few weeks. Easter is coming March 31st, okay, uh, on Sunday. And we, we just need you to invite your friends, invite people who just need to come to Jesus. And so... Um, 
begin making those connections. Pray about who you need to invite. In this season of where we are as a church, we're encouraging people to give, which we see that. Lord, the Lord's faith, will get, God, you're giving. We're all giving. We're all in this together. And, and we see proof of that. So thank you, Jesus, for that. And we're inviting people. We've got guests. We've had, we had like 12 guests last week. And uh, we've got more guests here today. And so invite people. And then, uh, and then connect. If you're not in a life group, we would love for you to be a part of a life group. We've got several life groups uh, that are happening. And uh, just connect with the church. So give and invite and connect. And make sure you uh, invite people for Easter. We love you guys. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you.